0: Hi there, and welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Libitz, and I'm here, as always, with the head of development at Giant Space Cap, Rihanna Wu. How you doing, Bree?
1: I have something to say in Georgia. Oh no. <laughs> Something to say to Georgia. Oh and what's crackle like in every eye. So Georgia, uh, you know, on the on the last on the last week's episode, um, I, I do believe I um, made some statements saying that I was worried that you were a serial killer, uh, based on playing Shadows of Mordor. Uh, is that correct? Would you say that's accurate? That that would be accurate. Okay. I so I want you to know there's not gonna be any of that today. On this episode. Uh, Instead, what I'd like to do is to talk to you about uh, falconing, which you're you're taking (laughs) some falconing classes in, in February, did you say? April, actually, it's been pushed back April? to April. Okay. But, but yes. So I was reading about falconry and uh, <laughs> how, how some of this works. So I was reading one technique with falconing is you, you'll you have a falcon on your wrist. And, you know, the basic idea is to train the falcon that you are the source of their food. So, like, what you'll do is you'll, like, get the a peregrine and you'll, like, decapitate the peregrine in your hand <laughs> right there. And then, like, in your gloved hand, you'll let the peregrine, like, the falcon feast on the entrails. So the peregrine, like right there in your glove fist. So the the falcon learns to associate you with eating prey that it's killed. Um, is, that, is that something you're into?
2: <laughs> I do not think that I will be decapitating Ellie. You don't, you don't uh... think so?
0: Okay. I mean, you've been but you've been training for this for months, right? By I mean... playing Shadow of Mordor. <laughs>
2: Right, right. I'm, I'm probably more gonna be the uh, sneak up to the falcon, and then like you know, grab it by its face and like shout like, <laughs> "Move away
1: from the dark lord!" And
2: then hopefully, it's gonna get a little handprint, and and then it's gonna be my friend.
1: Okay, okay. I, I just want to let you know that that doesn't seem creepy at all, to me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not scared of you at all. So, yeah. just wanted to let you know that.
2: Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh I love gosh. that Bree has looked up Falconry.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't know anything about Falconry. I was I I was trying to share your word your world, I, Georgia I, I, Yes. I, lo- I love thank you, Bree. I I'm You're waiting welcome. for Fal for Falcon
0: Simulator from uh, Giant Space Cat.
1: We've right. gotta do that. Georgia Dow Simulator. Now.
0: 2015.
2: <laughs> Filled with like, you know, pandas and hand turkeys.
0: And and uh, and, killing and killing And killing. Lots <laughs> of
3: killing. Yeah, it wouldn't have anything cute in it it would be all murder right
0: <laughs> it would be the most adorable murder ever
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay I've, I've derailed the show yeah no we, <laughs> well, we, we yeah. were never yeah. on the rails to start okay. with we were on the for rails sure, for
0: okay. about 15 seconds there we go uh we also have assistant games editor from pace magazine maddie myers how you doing maddie
3: I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to play Georgia Dow Simulator. I I really want to learn more about Georgia and I feel like there's just so much to unlock and so much more to discover. And I feel like there are going to be a lot of skills available in that game that I'm interested in learning how to do. So yeah, I'm really excited for that in, uh, what is that, 2022? When is that coming out?
1: Well, it'll take a while. It's going to take a long long development time. I gave you like, yeah,
3: almost a decade there. A lot but- of development
1: time. <laughs> you'll have to, you'll you- have
0: to make sure to add in the finishing move where you dump a bucket of ice over somebody and end up injuring their head. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Right, 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 right. Almost bleed to death on the, Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, spe- speaking of which, we also have a psychotherapist by day and senior editor from iMore.com by night, uh, Georgia Dow. How are you doing, Georgia?
2: I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I actually took a nap from five minutes to the show. So if I if you hear some snoring, I that might be me.
1: I apologize. So, so you've been up a lot late at <laughs> night when it's dark. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm not I'm I'm uh, pleading the fifth.
0: Okay. do they have that in Canada?
3: I don't think they do. (laughs) You do have the
2: right to remain silent, but it's not as strong as in the States.
3: So wait, you still say I plead the fifth as a Canadian because that as a cultural phrase has just flown over the border to the extent that Canadians say it. That oh, yeah. makes no sense. Absolutely. Why? We watch
2: American TV. Canadian TV is not great. We make great documentaries. You can't do that on television, though. That is good. That was a good show. Was that a documentary? It was, it was kind of like a live action kids funny thing. It was almost like a documentary. We don't make great TV. There's very few great Canadian TV shows. Like There's like the Beachcombers, but they were like the 70s. So like, there's not many great shows that we have that are Canadian. So I watch American TV and so I use American lines all the time.
0: Okay. I'm sure all the Canadian television shows are fantastic. Please don't hurt us.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're going to get a lot of hate mail, but I'm I, I feel like we should note that a Canadian said that. Yes. It wasn't any of us this time.
0: So we've only been talking for like 20 minutes, but we also have a <laughs> guest on the on the show this week. We have a uh, senior producer and host from GayTrailers.com, Andrea Renee. How are you doing, Andrea? Welcome to the show.
4: Woo-hoo! Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm just sitting back here drinking my knockoff champagne, listening to the shenanigans. <laughs>
1: Yay. We're glad you're Thank here. Thank you so much
4: for having me on the show. I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. I was amazed she
1: said yes. I was like, there's no way she's going to do our show. <laughs> there's no way. She is way too professional the, for this. This first
0: five minutes was kind of like hazing to right. make sure you were really serious and kind That's of giving it. you an out before. Right. Uh... What
3: if she had just quietly hung up? That would have been <laughs> <within> <laughs> the best thing. She, she, we, you should
2: have just pretended by just like, you know, like, you know, being like silent for a while. So we thought you hung up and panicked for <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that is, That's
4: an opportunity missed. But if you think that I'm too professional for podcasts, you clearly haven't heard my drunken rantings on Weekend Confirmed.
3: <laughs> I should check that out. Drunken rantings? Are they all drunk episodes? I hope you're not no, leading me on just here. just
4: mainly the ones that I'm on. <laughs> Okay, I'll download. We should have, those have drunk ones.
1: isometric. We should we should do that, which will be even better because Steve and I don't drink, so we yeah. have no tolerance. So uh, that would be really awesome. either. Like half a shot. So
3: yeah, like be very it interesting. would be three people with really low alcohol tolerance, each of whom has one drink. Yeah, I don't yeah. really drink either. Wow. <laughs> so, okay, this is a terrible idea. It would
0: cost very little, though. We'd probably just need like one beer between the four of us, and we'd be all set.
3: Right. Yeah. It would have to be like Hamachi we'd again. We'd immediately when they're fall asleep. It would be the most boring show ever done. Right. Anyway, Georgia would so, still
0: be giggling in her sleep, though.
2: I might be. I what might giggle. Really I cute. do giggle a
1: relatively. <laughs> lot. So before we start the show today, like let's can we can we like tell our audience a little bit about you if maybe they're not super familiar with your your work? Like like tell us about you. Like what makes you awesome? You know, like I met you. I met you at PAX this year, and we were on an awesome panel, and we had a great time. I mean, and I just think like you're one of the coolest women in the whole industry. So. You know. Oh, that's yeah. that's very yeah. kind
4: of you to say. Uh, that's very flattering and very nice of you. Um, I've been in video games. Uh, well, I've been a gamer my whole life. I've played games um, since I was a little kid. My dad got me into video games, and it was something that we always did together. Um, and then I um, graduated with a degree in journalism and intended to go into entertainment news, not realizing that I could have a career in video games and um, after I moved out to L.A. and sort of pursuing entertainment hosting, I saw a job offer to work E3, and I almost like peed myself because I was like, oh my God, E3, <laughs> I never get to go to E3, that's amazing. And they were like, we can't pay you, but you get to go to the show for free. And I said, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> and after that, I was hooked. So um, I've been working in games professionally for about the last, what is it, almost, it'll be seven years next year. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's been really fun, and I've got to work with a lot of fantastic outlets and meet a lot of really wonderful people and go to a lot of great places and play some really fantastic games, so um, I really love it. I love working in video games, despite you know some of the drawbacks, which there are some.
1: We, we've covered um, those a bit on this show, just a maybe. little bit, so yeah. 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 So you just came back from, well, I
0: guess a week ago, you came back from the uh, the PlayStation Experience. Did you go to the Game Awards as well, or were you just there for the, uh, the PlayStation Experience uh, week before last?
4: I was there for the Game Awards as well.
0: So we didn't talk about that at all. What did you, I, I, what were your well, impressions? Well, we were doing
3: the, the show yeah, we were doing while the show they were going it. on because that was the only night we could do the show, so we didn't get to watch them.
1: Yeah, I have a question. Did you have there are a lot of games that you know were basically announced at this event or at least shown at this event? And I mean, did you get a chance to get out there and play anything? Because I'm I'm really hoping you have some information on Persona Five. Like that was. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> I don't have any information on Persona 5. No! Most of the things that were shown at the Game Awards obviously are, are off in the distance. Not coming, you know. I think the biggest uh reveal of the Game Awards was that Open World Zelda Wii U footage. I think right. that was like the big yeah. uh, reveal of the night. I mean, some people want to say, "Oh, Kiefer Sutherland and Metal Gear Online was really cool," or look at that No Man's Sky trailer. <laughs> but to me, the biggest thing of the night was was Zelda by far. And you know, Jeff has a long standing relationship with Reggie and Nintendo of America. I thought that they did a great job of kind of showcasing that. But um, at the PlayStation Experience, there were tons of amazing games to play. It was. I mean, we can get into that whenever you want, but I I thought that that show was so well done.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. actually what I'm talking about. It's a PlayStation Experience. So, so I mean, yeah, there was yeah. there were a ton
0: of games. I mean, the I was really excited to hear that they're remastering Day of the Tentacle because I I loved that game when I was in high school, and especially now because Grim Fandango comes out next month, I believe. And so I don't know if they announced a release date for Day of the Tentacle, but the fact that they are remaking that, especially after LucasArts, you know, got bought by Disney and, and yeah. seemed to go off into the distance is really fantastic news because you can't get that you can't even get that game anymore on any platform. So I was really excited to see that.
4: That tweet I made about that, um, about that game was the most favorited and most retweeted announcement out of the entire keynote.
1: Wow. Wow. That was Maniac Manch on NES, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that game on NES. I played that over like that was one of the few games on NES that had like women as protagonists, yeah. you know?
0: So, and Day of the Tentacle did too. Day of the Tentacle was the sequel to Maniac Mansion. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't yeah. know that. And, yeah. it, and it had a female protagonist as one of the three main characters that you that you played in that. It was that I played that was like one of the only games because I didn't even have anything past the NES. I had a PC. Uh-huh. And that was one of like the only, you know, we talk about you had one game and you played the hell out of it. And that was at that point in time, that was like my one game and I played the hell out of it. And I loved that game. It's fantastic. I mean, the the story, the, the the art is, I mean, it was pixel art, but it was really well done and well animated. And the story was just fantastic. And the whole thing, and I don't usually like point and click adventures, Mm -hmm. but this, this one in particular, it was fantastic. I'm really glad I'm going to be able to play it again and be able to, you know, introduce my kids to it too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've never played Grim Fandango with all the yeah, with all the I. legendary status about it. Like uh I don't it's the the whole things are dead aesthetic. I I just don't really groove on it. Do you know what I mean?
4: Yeah, I know what you mean. I never played Grim Fandango or Day of the Tentacle.
3: A lot of those old school point and click games are not intuitive. To me at all. <laughs> but I always want to get into them because I, I like them. So a lot of them I've played a little bit of and then gotten very frustrated by, but there is a part of me that enjoys them and always wants to try them. I just, I just feel stupid
0: when I can't figure it out. You know the what the way you, that you play these games. Honestly, if you feel that way, is just have a walkthrough open the whole time and just play it through like a story.
3: Oh, that's not what I yeah. thought you were going to yeah. say at all. I thought you were going to say the way to play them is to have another person there because that's what other people have always told yep. me is that playing them cooperatively is is a great way to go because then if you can't think of what the puzzle solution is, the other person sitting there will because you have those two perspectives.
0: I mean, that's if you, re- if you really want to solve the puzzles. I mean, the stories are and worth I going. Th- that <laughs> is the- but the stories are, are good enough to, to just kind of experience on their own as like an interactive fiction type of thing. Right. Even if, you, if, you, if, the, if the puzzles get in the way, I don't think there's any shame in a game like this of just having to walk through through and if you get stuck just you know, looking it up and keeping going so that you can experience the story. Because the story, especially in Day of the Tentacle, is hilarious and it's worth, it's worth following through all the way to the end.
1: But I think as a game developer, like, you know, there's a reason Revolution 60 does not have any Maniac Mansion style puzzles, because I think I think it's poor gameplay to go around collecting items and then to have like a microwave and then to try to put, you know, like 10 items in a row in the microwave and see what happens. Uh, You know, this is a fault for Resident Evil. You know, as much as we praise the PlayStation Resident Evils, and I played the frack out of them, uh, I I think it's poor gameplay to try to figure out those puzzles that way. And I think it's really telling. Um, You know, when Broken Age came out, I was really, really hoping that Double Fine would kind of... What story I'm thinking of, like like try to solve the adventure gameplay play mechanic, like problem. modernize it basically. Yeah, modernize it, tweak it, find some yeah. some tweak on it. Like if you look at the Mass Effect conversation system from a gameplay pr- perspective, this is basically taking the text adventures of old and like modernizing them and making them fun. So what they do is they streamline mechanics, they lower points of failure for the user to get frustrated for not like typing a command that works, and made it a dialogue wheel. In that same way, I think the the fault of these games is you can't get past that 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 central problem of trying to figure out what item goes in what slot to solve the puzzle. And the way you can do that is like I've seen games try to make hint systems that you can buy or you know, or the best they can do it is where it fits into the narrative in a really good way. But ugh, I I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm kind of with Maddie on this one. Like, I just don't think they hold up very well, even yeah. though the worlds are beautiful. And yeah, I love, I, I, like, Maniac Mansion, I love that universe and I want to go back there. But I don't know. There's just something about that that just, it, it's a pain point for me. Does that make sense?
3: It does to me, for sure. There's something about it that feels very old school to me, and I know that a lot of people are like, oh, why why don't people make point-and-click adventures anymore? And I think it's sadly for the reasons that you just explained, which is that other game mechanics replaced those elements like we found other ways to make puzzles and games besides just look at these three inexplicable items that you've picked up and try to figure out why they go together in a funny way right there are other ways to tell a joke besides that at this point and that version of telling a joke just i i feel like it barely ever happens anymore like there there are some games like that, but they're few and far between. And I mean, did you feel like Broken Age was was easier? I did. I felt like it was. And I know that people complained about that. But to me, it was like
1: a relief. I thought that was their solution, is to make the puzzles much more intuitive and fit with the plot. Um, yeah, I thought, as opposed I thought, to just yeah. being
3: like completely out there puzzles, like yeah. some of the old school ones, like even the Monkey Island ones, that oh, just yeah. some of those were not obvious
2: at all. Well, it's, it's like you play a puzzle game because you enjoy playing a puzzle game and you're looking for a puzzle game. It's when it doesn't seem to fit and it doesn't make sense to the gameplay that it bothers me. It kind of takes me out of the game. And if I'm yeah. like looking for a certain game and then suddenly I have to do like a slider puzzle in the middle of it, I'm like, you know what? I, I didn't want to play this. This is not what I signed up for in this game. If I'm like playing a like, you know, Candy Crush Soda or something, I'm looking for some sort of little slider puzzle because that's what I want. But if I'm playing some sort of role-playing game and suddenly I have to do a slider puzzle in the middle, I'm like, oh, I don't know why. Why am I doing this? I just want to get back to the storyline. Stop it. You know, it's too contrived and it gets me a little bit annoyed. And, it, you know, if, I'm not, if someone doesn't enjoy that in the first place, it's kind of a gamble for the de- developer to put it in the first place.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And so it'll be really interesting to see what they do with the King's Quest reboot that they also showed. I think that was, – was that during the Game Awards that they that they showed yeah. the trailer trailer for that? Because that's yeah. going to be a whole new game and that's going to be really interesting to see if they have a way to solve that or if they're really going to go back to the old school King's Quest gameplay because that was an even worse offender
2: yeah. than, than the Maniac <laughs>
0: Mansion games. I mean at least in the Maniac Mansion games, you couldn't outright fail. Whereas in King's Quest, you absolutely could and fail repeatedly, and there were—I I would like to think—they're at least not going to build puzzles where you can make a wrong move and then completely brick yourself from being able to finish the game, which was um, possible in some of the King's Quest games. I don't
1: think they'll do that. I would like I to think, think they're think not so. going to. Yeah. yeah. But
0: but even you know some of those games. I mean that was actually those are actually pretty difficult games just mechanically for the time too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. People will
3: complain either way, though. People will complain if it's exactly the same, and people <laughs> complain if it isn't updated. So they're kind of, like, going to have to split the difference, I think. Yeah. Well, there weren't
2: that many games out there then. Like, there just wasn't yeah, as much competition. Exactly. So you kind of were, like, stuck. You were just happy playing anything. You're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to play this because there's only so many games. I've spent my money on this one. I'm going
3: to play it yeah, no matter what it is now. You just brute force it. If it was yeah. really hard, you'd just be like, well, this is it. Yeah. This is yeah. the only game is- I have. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm, okay. Gonna I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna speak
4: up for a second here and say that I think that there's something to be said for games of the past that actually had challenging puzzles. Someone in the chat, Isa Pisa, if I'm saying his name right or her name right, said "Telltale properly evolved the adventure game," and I completely disagree. I think huh? that I think that adventure games yeah, and point fight, and click fight. games back in the day. <laughs> had a challenge to them and had a whimsy to them and, and provided an actual gameplay experience for the player. And I think that there's a lot of developers now who are dumbing their games down to a point where they're making them just interactive stories and taking the game part of it completely out of the game. And that, to me, is really disappointing.
1: Well... I don't know. Yeah. I mean that's that is fundamentally (laughs) at odds with what we did in Rev sixty. I mean, I didn't want you to sit there and be confused and like if you passed like the approach we took is like if you the skill was in the combat and the skill was in the action events. But if you failed, 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 failed combat, it the story would just keep going. Um, you would just end up failing the mission at the end and everyone would die. So it was like, you know, it was but like, you could keep
2: on playing till you, you got there.
1: Right. You keep playing. It was, it was a story. It was like, I, I don't yeah. know. I think you it's made a it part it's of a, the gameplay,
2: which was nice.
1: I, I did because I, I don't know. I think, you know, and this is, this is just my opinion, but I, I think sometimes a fundamental flaw I see in the industry, if you look at the work, Like, I am interested in a giant space cap versus what I think some people are doing. I think a lot of game designers want to design games for their tastes. And I, I think that that's a valid choice. But I think that... I think that there's also something to be said for looking at that player that maybe just wants an interactive novel or doesn't want to feel dumb or confused and, like, looking at how to mitigate that pain for them. Yeah, me, I personally enjoy a game that's deep, like Final Fantasy Tactics or, you know, like the end game of any Final Fantasy game, like Final Fantasy XIII, when you're on Pulse, is very, very complicated, um, And that's what I personally like to play. But I think it's... Like, something I strive for personally is to hold those players that feel punished by mechanics like that, and it just makes them go, nope, I'm not a gamer, and, like, put it down. Like, I never want to be that game developer. Do you guys know where I mean, I'm but, coming like, from? How many yeah.
4: people do you think are shying away from games because the puzzles are too difficult? I mean, The Legend of Zelda built an entire franchise off of a puzzle-based adventure game, right? I mean. Yeah. And I- I think that we as people in the industry are maybe being too easy on gamers thinking that they're not as smart as they actually are. And that's, that's kind of disappointing for us you know like hey i think the people that enjoy video games today are just as smart and just as savvy if not more so than people that enjoyed and consumed games 20 years ago and i and i would like to see people pushing the boundaries and doing things that are more interesting you know like we see in games like portal or more recently the Talos principle you know so i i I don't know. I'm just like I get so angry about some of these point and click adventure games, just making things just so stupidly easy that <laughs> it really is just a visual novel, as Earth Demon says in the chat, than an actual point and click adventure game.
0: I guess oh. it's a matter of what you're looking for in a game, though. I mean, if you are looking for a puzzle, a, a puzzle experience, right? Like you're looking to be challenged and solve puzzles, and you're looking for something like, like something like Mist, right? Yeah, like, you like that. That when you go into Miss, you know exactly what you're getting, and you know, or like the room games that are that are more more recently, and yeah. you kind of know that that's what you're looking for, and you're looking to solve puzzles. But I think with some of these games, it's there. The other side of that is that there's a story that you want to see through, and one of the most frustrating things, especially for me as somebody who. I had trouble with Encyclopedia Brown novels, let alone some of the logic in some of these games. <laughs> and so, you know, you get to a point where it just, you know, if your brain doesn't work that way, then you feel, first of all, you you end up do feeling stupid and you also end up feeling like you kind of wasted your money, not wasted your money, but you kind of are are not getting the full benefit of the game because you're never going to see how that game ends because your brain isn't wired to sometimes it's not even a matter of smart it's just a matter of being able to think
3: Think the way way that
0: the that the developer thinks especially with like the maniac mansion games like you have to get yourself into the mindset of somebody who's just completely off the wall and you know if you can't do that then you're getting locked out of a good portion of the game unless you're going to go to game facts and just kind of read through the walkthrough and and follow it And, and i mean that if you're just there for the story it's fine and for the maniac mansion games it's worth it but for a lot of games, it's like, well, what am I doing?
1: I think it's an engineering question, and I think it's a playtesting question, and I think, I think, like uh, you mentioned, you mentioned Portal. I would hold Portal up as a masterpiece, ten out of ten, should be studied in game design school, like perfect example of a difficulty curve. It starts off, and it it slowly introduces mechanics. It very smartly introduces mechanics. And, I mean, I can only speak from my experience, but I, I only got stuck on one puzzle in the, the entire game, in, in Portal and in Portal 2. And I don't know. I think that that's. I think that that's the goal to find that sweet spot where you're really taxing yourself and you feel confused and you're really thinking through it, but you feel that reward when you finally figure it out. And I, I think it's just an engineering question to like find that to find that balance. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, totally. All right. Well, why don't, we, uh, why don't we take a quick break and uh, talk about uh, lynda.com, which is an easy and affordable way to help people learn. You can instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on business, software, web development, graphic design, and more. Uh, lynda.com works directly with industry experts and software companies to provide timely training off of the same day that new versions or releases hit the market. So you're always up to speed. All of their courses are produced at the highest quality. Um, And every course is broken into bite-sized pieces so you can learn at your own pace and learn from start to finish or just find a quick answer. Uh, Linda has great searchable transcripts, playlists, certificates of course completion. Uh, You can even publish those to LinkedIn if that's something that you do uh what, so whether you're a beginner or advanced lynda.com has courses for all experience levels and you can learn anywhere with their apps for iPhone, iPad and Android and one low monthly price of just $25 gives you unlimited access to 100,000 video tutorials and if you sign up for the premium membership you can even download those courses to iPhone, iPad and Android and watch them offline so you can you can learn wherever you are um they have courses on business, on development, uh there are if you're a you know, look, looking to get into podcasting, they have, they have <laughs> you know, I don't know why you want to do that, but uh, you, they have courses on GarageBand or Logic Pro that you can look at. And it's lynda.com is fantastic. And we really love them. So uh, if you can, we have a deal with lynda.com where you can get a 10 days uh, of lynda.com for free. So just go and visit lynda.com slash isometric to try lynda.com free for 10 days. And thank you so much to lynda.com for supporting 5x5 and isometric.
1: I was using Linda this week, actually. What were you learning? Uh, so there's a new version of Maya out where you can pay like a subscription cost to it and um, you know because normally Maya is $4,000 and so we have somebody at the studio that wants to learn Maya and what we did was we did the, the subscription base for it and uh, I think it's like $50 a month I forget but we we're actually sitting down with lynda.com to like get an update to that specific version of Maya because I'm trying to translate over from Maya 2011 which is the version I have and and it's just awesome and I think um I think it's just great that anyone can go out there and you know brush up their skills. Yeah, you know, the, these programs are so complicated and they change all the time. And I just, I love that they have these, these courses. And when a new version of like the professional software comes out, I don't have to like read through a 300 page manual. I can just like watch a Linda course, learn what's changed, learns what's different in the UI and I'm ready to go. So I think it's a great product.
0: Yeah. So, you know, make sure to go to, go to lynda.com slash isometric and uh, that helps support the show. And thank you very much to Linda for supporting the show. So, I guess we need to talk about this, this, uh, these shenanigans on <sighs> Steam this week uh, with this this game hatred, which was pulled from. So it' not really from Steam. There's a. I'll. I guess I'll do my my exposition that I normally do, but it's. There's a part of Steam. I, I think a lot of anyone who's listening to the show knows Steam. There's a part of Steam called Steam Greenlight, which is a. A way for developers to who don't already have a relationship with Steam to get their games listed onto Steam uh, or published, not published, sold on Steam. So not you can't. It's not like the App Store where anybody can just submit a game and then have it be sold there. They have to be accepted by by Valve in order to be sold there. So they have this system called Steam Greenlight where they put up anyone can put their game. I think anyone can put their game up on on a list, and then there's like a queue, and it will ask people who go through and vote, is this a game that you're interested in or not? And if it gets, if a game gets enough upvotes, then it gets quote-unquote greenlit, and then it, once the game is ready for sale, which it may or may not be at the time that it gets accepted, then it can be sold on Steam uh, proper. So there's this, controversial's even being mild, I suppose, but this shooting game that came out right around when the Gamergate stuff started popping up called Hatred. And it's it's basically just I mean, we we've used the term murder simulator, and this is actually a, a murder simulator. It's basically just going and murdering as many people as you can in like the most horrible way possible. And so this was put up on Steam Greenlight. It got a fairly large number of votes. And then it was pulled down uh, early in the week, which is not something that happens particularly often. And the reason was one of, uh, one of the uh, representatives from Valve said, based on what we've seen on Greenlight, Greenlight, we would not publish Hatred on Steam. As such, we'll be taking it, taking it down. And it was down for about 12 hours. And then the next day apparently went up to Gabe Newell and Gabe Newell said, no, we're going to be putting it back on and then let, let people vote on it. So it's back up on on Steam and this is also happening uh, the same week that Papers Please got released onto the iOS App Store and then was had to be censored because apparently there Papers Please is a game where um where you're a border a border agent for a third world country and you're checking people's papers to see if they have to let them into the country and eventually there's a scene where you have there's a full body scanner and the full body scanner was showing nudity and Apple Disapproved of that and then eventually changed their mind on that as well. So um this there was a lot of pulling stuff down and putting stuff back up on the store, and then a lot of cries of what constitutes censorship and what what responsibility do these stores have as far as policing content and stuff like that.
3: Well it's not censorship because no stores. Right. <laughs> can yes. we just go ahead and yes, say, that? say that? Yes, we can say that, yes. Because that's not what censorship is. <laughs> So done solved. <laughs> All so right, let's I move on. That one out. <laughs> Next topic. You're Thanks, welcome Maddie. everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I I guess I would say, you know, there there was a lot of discussion on steam about specifically adding me and the other women targeted by Gamergate to this game to let you kill us. Uh, along with just feminists in general, but like, I got screen caps sent to me all week of like threads were talking about adding me and Zoe and, you know, Anita to this game. And, uh, yep, some of them got deleted, some of them didn't. And, you know, I, I I remember when the the idea of a murder simulator came up in the '90s, and uh, God, it was, when did Grand Theft Auto 3 come out? Was that was that two thousand two thousand
0: two thousand and one? I'm actually right. I'm actually listening to listening to Jacked right sure, now, actually. Sure. So I just got to that part. So
1: moment. you know, it's and I remember all the all the talk about it when I was a teenager and in my early twenties. I was like very very for you know, like the the freedom to make games as violent as you want. And, you know, I'm in my mid-30s now, and I I feel like my view here is a little... I'm still very much for, you know, I, I think it's important that game developers have the artistic freedom to ship the products that they want. But I think one of the glories of PC development and living in the digital distribution age is there is no one that can censor you. Uh, you know, there's no one, anyone could put out a game, anyone could put it up on Squarespace for, you know, to ship the game and digitally distribute it. You know, it's, it's, there's nothing there. The, the, the difficulty in getting anything you make out to consumers, the barriers are very low in 2014. And I would just say overall, it feels like We won this war against censorship. I mean, I was, along with everyone else, I was very, very irritated by Joseph Lieberman's, you know, attempts to censor video games in the 90s. And I thought it was very important for us to stand up to that. I didn't want games to be kidified and to stick to Nintendo forever. And we didn't. But it feels like now we're coming to a different side of the coin, and yeah, you know, part of being an adult and not a teenager is things are not as simple as you thought they were when you're 17. And here I see the game industry that has really gone so far towards catering to a very specific player that, you know, I think game video games as an industry have some extremely serious problems with sexism, homophobia, and racism, to be just completely direct. And, you know, it's very surreal for me personally to have people, like, wanting to mod this game that seems to be a mass murder simulator, like a really brutal one from the trailer, and to, like, put me in that game to go kill me. And when you put that in the context of all the... The death threats I've received, or even this week, like I had people publishing pictures of my house and diagrams and pictures of my car and husband and pets in just a, a incredibly creepy, stalkerish way, um, it just seems flat out irresponsible. Um, I'm a huge fan of you know Gabe Newell and of Valve in general. I think like when you look at their management practices, they seem to be one of the, the very best companies in the industry. I often think back to that Valve handbook that leaked when it, it comes to creating the culture of Giant Space Cat. But I also think that he's a white dude and I think that this stuff doesn't really affect them in the same way. And I don't know. It just, I, I respect that it's his platform and he can do what he wants with it. And, but I, I can't help but feel a little disappointed with this. You know, it, it certainly makes me more uncomfortable with supporting Steam wholeheartedly. Do you guys know where I'm coming from? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that there's, yeah. I
2: think that there's a, a huge difference between censorship and inciting violence and hatred. Yeah. yeah. And in Canada we do actually have anti-hate laws and anti like laws against someone that is going to say let's get up and damage this other group. And games like this are targeting specific individuals and creating a simulator which will facilitate like dehumanizing people and creating them as a caricature and once we no longer see individuals as people and human and they become caricatures, we, it allows us to do things we would never do to someone we actually saw as human. And this happens in cultures where they see a certain class of citizen as a lower class or an object or um, currency and then we we are suddenly able to do, and even that happens in class-like systems where you see people as a lower class, you can suddenly treat them worse because you don't think of them as equals. And it's really bad for us as a culture, and I don't think that people really get that you are training people to be able to dehumanize someone else. And that is dangerous. It's not dangerous and, and does not increase violence just to have nameless, faceless bodies that you can do that with. It it does though when you actually target specific individuals. And and that there's a, a real danger in that. I think that, that you're right in saying that it's um you know just something that you, they should be a little bit more cognizant of.
3: Yeah. I'm pretty surprised that they have not yet hired a moderator to deal with the steam green light situation. Because this is not the first time that a game on Steam Greenlight has come under fire for whatever reason. Like, I mean, Zoe Quinn's Depression Quest got a whole lot of abusive comments and a lot of them weren't dealt with at the time. And that's part of the reason why Gamergate was able to gain traction because that's, that's how those, those kids made friends with each other. They met each other on Steam Greenlight. Um so and and I mean there've been other developers too who who have been targeted for abuse there and it nothing's really been done about it and I, I think I think in general Valve has just kind of been hands off about greenlight in a way that has really surprised me and I don't know why they don't have someone on that anyway yeah, I mean, I think
4: what it comes back to is ultimately this idea of free spree- free speech and freedom of expression, and something that you know we're seeing in the discussions at large about what's happening with the interview and in Sony right now, and, and talking about the kind of content that people are allowed to make under freedom of speech laws. And I I tweeted about hatred earlier this week, not saying that it should be banned, not saying that destructive creations doesn't have the right. To make this game, but saying that I don't think that there's a place in this world for a game like hatred, that it makes me sick, and that ultimately I'm sad that a developer would choose to make a game like this of all of the things that you could do with your time and the things that you could do that are impactful on society and could have hopefully a beneficial impact on our community why would you choose to spend your time making a game that's so destructive and so violent and so evil as a game like this? And, you know, I, I got a lot of flack from people on Twitter about saying my feelings about this game. And I never said that they don't have a right to make this game. I just, I don't understand why people think that this is a game that needs to be made. I mean, I... I I my stomach like physically turned when I watched the trailer. It was that disturbing yeah. for me, yeah. especially in light of all of the recent, you know, mass shootings that have happened and the and the violence that's happening in the world at large right now in the in in the time that we're living in. It's just it's really horrifying to me, and I just I just don't get it. I just don't understand why anybody would want to make this game. And maybe it's. Maybe it's something worth exploring for some brave soul. I'm definitely not the person or <laughs> or the interviewer to want to talk to anybody on that team. But it would be interesting to see, like, what is their ulterior motive? Like, why are they making this? I mean, in their press releases and the emails that I get from their team, they say, like, and I quote, where a lot of games are heading to be polite, colorful, politically correct, and trying to be some kind of higher art rather than just an entertainment, wanted to, we wanted to create something against trends, something different, something that could give the player a pure gaming pleasure. Ugh. That's how the idea of Hatred, the team's first game, was born. That, to me... In and of itself, their, like, mission statement is disgusting to me. But
2: it's not even honest. Like, like Andrea, I, I completely agree with you. Like, with everything that's happening in the world, I, you know, they're making a game that, you know, it is it is just purely based on trying to to deal with the lowest common denominator. And I think I I am definitely not someone that wants a game that's all picking flowers and baking cupcakes. Not that there's anything wrong with that either. But, like, I'm all good with violence and, you know decimating things and wiping out full
3: lands of <laughs> if of anybody's orps. ever listened to any other episode of this show then they know that georgia loves georgia's violent very video pro games. pro
1: murder. no i do too
3: i do too i love violent games i it, but like to me the problem arises with these comments that are just freely there where people are talking about how they want to kill people in real life in the virtual space and like yeah. no And one how is... would you feel
2: if that was your mom or right. your sister or your son that was in this game being murdered by nameless countless or, people like, how would you That's feel a point. If it was That's somebody that
3: you knew that thought that this was funny like how would you even talk to them about this? I mean, I I just I I I think it's okay for hatred to exist like there have been other very very terrible games out there I had a very awkward conversation with my mother when she discovered that a certain game called Play exists and she was like explain this video game to me and I <laughs> oh, had to that's explain an awkward it conversation. and I really don't recommend <laughs> googling <laughs> it and I had to say to my mother what Brianna just said to us earlier which is you know digital distribution has made it possible for anybody to make a game and put it online and release it. And it can be a game where you're playing as a murderer and it's very realistic or you're playing as a rapist and it's very realistic. And people can make these. And I believe that they have the right to make them. But the part that gets tricky is the fact that Valve is hosting this and taking a cut of every sale made on this game. And Well, and choosing
1: not to moderate comments. Choosing not to moderate yeah.
3: comments, allowing people to make these comments. And by hosting this forum on their site for these hatred commenters, they are essentially saying, this is a safe space for you guys to be. We're okay with you being here. And that inadvertently says it's not an okay place. Steam is not a welcome place for other people. And that's just not great because... I, it's It makes me really uncomfortable.
1: No, I, I was going to say something I think about a lot is I, I try to understand what motivates people, you know, because I, I deal with these people all day long. Like they harass me all day long. And you have to like – the the press statement you just read – I think that's incredibly telling about what they think and what their motivations are. You know, it's like the Anita quote, like they don't see themselves as harassers or aggressors here. They see themselves as victims and noble warriors against what they see as political correctness. I don't know how any reasonable person can look at video games and come to the conclusion that they're politically correct. I, I, I don't understand that. And, you know, they, they see themselves as these, these warriors. And, you know, another Anita quote that I think about every single day is they make Uh, the people they are going, oh, political correctness, or they want to come kill the SJWs or the feminists, you know. They see us as quote-unquote folk demons. And, George, it's like what you were saying earlier, where they dehumanize us, they dehumanize us, they dehumanize us. And all of a sudden, Brianna and Zoe and Anita were not people. We're monsters to them to be destroyed and harassed. It's why, like, when they... Post diagrams of my house on the internet, you know, it's they see it as a war against a monster, you know, like I'm just a faceless stormtrooper. And I think that I think this game is dangerous mm-hmm. because I think you can look at the team and, you know, it's not an exaggeration to say they have some really frightening ties to like extremist hate groups. Um, you know, these are some political extremists. And you can actually look at their website where they talk about like one guy to like cheer up other members of the team will like find like pornography and share it around to the people. Like that's what he talks about his professional bio on the site. Like these are these are very I frankly I hate to get into politics, these are very right wing extremists, you know. And You know, the protagonist is this white guy is tapping into this very small subset of rage that currently is spilling over and having horrible, awful consequences to the entire industry. It's torn us apart for most of 2014. And it's just it just makes me so uncomfortable that Valve is choosing to do business with these people.
0: And I mean, the problem is that they don't have any sort of a policy for this, yeah, so I mean, if that, at least if they had a clear policy, and I don't know if that's what's driving it, if they just felt like they were getting enough static that they didn't want to deal with it and they just took the easy way out, or if they i I would like to think that they don't actually support you know selling something like this, but they just felt like they weren't in a position to do it, I mean, I guess I'm really being super super optimistic and really giving them more of the benefit of the doubt than they, than they deserve in this case. Um, but it would, because they don't have a policy, like at least with Apple, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into for the most part. I mean, Apple's, they had some other problems on the non game side lately, but at least, you know, as far as content is concerned, you pretty much know where the line is and you know where, where to go over it. And, and valve has never really drawn that line. and, you could—they need to, but maybe that's just it—that they just felt like they hadn't drawn the line, and they—I mean—they do still refuse to draw that line, so they could at least set a policy going from here on out. But anyway, I'm not sure where I'm going with that. But
1: <laughs> Georgia, I, what were you going to say? Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I—I I, you know, if they want to make a game where they're murdering great populations of nameless, faithless people, mm-hmm. like, go ahead, go ahead, and go do that. But when you're actually training people to target a certain person, I think that that's where a line should be drawn, and I think that inciting violence is something that should not be allowed by us as a population against someone specifically because it actually does put people in danger. We have already simulated the like Call of Duty and when how it was actually developed and used by the military in order to increase people's kill ratio in actual you know war because it's it's actually against our nature to kill other people. Um, orcs are not included in that. Um, it's, it's it's just something, and it's so distasteful as us as a people, and I don't see that being a need that anyone needs to be met with. And, like, their talk about being politically correct, that is so, like, going against being politically correct. You can do that in many ways that does not actually do something that is training people to do something that is wrong. Yeah.
4: Well, and it's not just a specific person. You know, I was talking with some people in the chat about the difference between you know fantasy and real violence it's like you know you make the jokes about killing orcs but in reality orcs are a fictional creature <gasps> that do not exist <gasps> oh right? my god andrea what? sorry I'm sorry sorry. spoiler spoiler
0: um, george is not yeah. aware of that so let's yeah
4: i didn't um, know that i ha- that only have i only find that out at the end of the game Well, Well, I I apologize, (laughs) I didn't mean to ruin your night for you. But I mean in the in the context of this discussion, the reason why it's important is that, you know, people want to criticize video games for being very violent and being uh making, you know, people aggressive and I mean there's research on both sides, you know, that say have inconclusive results, right? But when you look at a game like hatred that has you killing people who are literally begging for their life, please stop, no, don't hurt me, yep. you know, versus a game like Destiny, which I've put as an example in the chat, where you're literally killing, like, an, um, a fictional alien race whose sole goal is just to murder you back, and so you're fighting out of self-defense. It's a completely different kind of violence scenario, and it's it's one of those things mm-hmm. that it's, People want to make it a more complicated discussion, but at the end of the day, like I inherently always have a problem with killing actual humans in video games. Not to say that that should never exist in games. I'm not for censorship of games. I think, you know, all types of games deserve to exist. My overall point, though, is that it's sad to me that developers don't look at the deeper issues and look at, our world culture and see where we're at when they when they decide to create a game and have put some more thought into what they're doing and the message that they're sending and how it's going to impact the audience that plays that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And I I think that this the studies are really conclusive that. That Yes, if you simulate something real enough, like we even in uh, psychotherapy when we do like phobia training, we actually use imagery to help desensitize people from something that they have a fear or phobia towards. So that actually works exceptionally effectively. And there, are, I will go out and say there are some games that I think that should be that are should be censored. I will say it. I'm Canadian. I'm going to say it. Boo. Like I think. I, well, we I think don't that rape, censor anything
3: here in America. Well, I think yeah. rape simulators,
2: pedophilia simulators, ones that you're lynching and mass murdering whole races of humans that actually exist. I am all fine with them not being there, and I don't think that it teaches a good lesson to who we are. And like again, it is the needs of the many. Over the needs of the few. And if you are endangering a huge population of people and teaching them that they are less than human and that it is okay to do abhorrent things that are against the law, I think that's just fine.
3: Americans, please direct your hate mail to Georgia, not to us.
4: (laughs) No, no, I think it's important that she brings that up because, I mean, you brought up a very good point in saying that censorship is. Something that we all think about in very specific situations, right? Like, imagine if in the Hatred trailer instead of just putting the gun in the mouth of a woman who's pleading for her life on the street and blowing her head off, he puts his gun to the temple of a five-year-old who's screaming for his mother and blows the five-year-old's head off. Yeah, I mean, that would get people up in arms, right? Like, mm. And that's the thing that's so... <laughs> I feel like nothing
3: does anymore. Yeah. Honestly, well, like... I if hope this... I, it does. I, I have don't to, know. I have
4: to believe that yeah, even Steam would not stand for a game that allows you to brutally murder children right like i have i have to even if it's not true i have to believe it
1: i hope i I mean i think that ties into you know since we're talking about censorship i i don't want the government involved in video games but i'm a really big believer that us in in industry self-regulation I would hold up the ESRB mm-hmm. as the most successful initiative the game industry has ever taken. Ever. I, I, I think if you look at this in like the 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 political climate at the time and the the dangers that we were as an industry gonna have the freaking political process, like choosing what we can have in the video games, which would be a horrible outcome. What we did as an industry is we stepped up and we said, "Look, we're going to create this board, the SRB, and we're going to have like consumers go through and like give consumers inf- information for making purchasing decisions." It was wildly successful, and then like we had the best of both worlds. I want games like Grand Theft Auto to exist, so a, a consumer can choose. To go do that. At the same time, like, I want parents to have that information and labeling so they can make really good decisions. Where this comes into hatred is, I think, as an industry, I really want us to grow up a little bit and to have a more adult conversation because I'm sorry, this, like, all free. For all, everything should be free and nothing should be censored. Like, that's something I could understand <laughs> at 12 years old, okay? That's a very basic argument. We're adults here. Let's get a little bit beyond that. And what personally disappoints me about Valve's decision is Valve could step up and as, frankly, the most important publishing apparatus in the entire industry. It could stand up and have standards. It mm-hmm. could stand up and choose about who they're going to work with or who they're not going to work with.
2: It isn't censorship for it's any, not, any like for Apple, for the iStore, for Valve, for, right. for anyone to say that, but we will not sell this. Right. It's still made, people can make whatever they wish. And and, what and the,
1: but what the industry consistently chooses And what I'm so frustrated with working in this industry, and this is with all respect, but this industry is dominated by white dudes. They're 20 and in their 30s and sometimes in their 40s. It's so dominated by that single viewpoint that you consistently see us making choices as an industry where – Other people are kind of bearing the brunt of it. You don't see women represented in games well. You don't see black people represented in games well. You don't see gay people represented in games well. And it's like, as an industry, I just want us to kind of have a more adult conversation about these things. And I, I feel like Valve made a decision that kind of says we're going to just keep doing the same playbook.
3: So when Call of Duty Black Ops came out, there was a mission where you actually could kill Fidel Castro. And it was extremely controversial at the time because Castro is still alive. And like spoilers for Black Ops, I guess, but it didn't turn out to be him, but he was still in the game. And there was this very negative depiction of him in the game. And I would say it's not accurate to who he really was. And, and the, there was't there was just this intense outrage from Cuba, justified I think about how he was portrayed in this game, and I guess I would just say like to go hand in hand with Brianna's last point there the this does not have to do with people censoring the game per se it there's a difference between saying that art shouldn't exist versus having ratings and having journalists and having just humans talk about their reactions to the game. Like, people have to be allowed to say that they don't like something. That has to be okay. Like, it's okay for Cubit to be angry, you know? Like, it's okay for me to be angry about a game. I, I would like to be able to tweet that I don't like a game without people saying that I am trying to censor video games. I don't have the power to do that. Andrea doesn't have the power to do that. But it's my job to eloquently tell people what my opinions of games are. So I I mean that 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 to me that's that's what game criticism is for. It's it's so that we can have these conversations. That's that's all. Anyway, also I play games where you shoot people. I'm I'm the sicko here who does that.
0: Wait, I it's me. Yeah, you, <laughs> you play games where you shoot people? I'm yes, not, this I play games.
3: I played the entire game where you kill Fidel Castro, and it was like one of my favorite Call of Duty games. So I clearly have issues. <laughs> so I I probably shouldn't even take any sort of stance on this. But but <laughs> you know what? You know what? I believe in games journalism and criticism.
0: Okay, well, let, let's take another break. And we have a, a second sponsor this week. Yes! And this is a new sponsor, which is yes! Audible. Uh, Audible is the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment, information, and educational programming. And you get content from Audible. You download it, and then you play it back on your smartphone, your your iPhone, your Android phone, or your PC. And we are all such fans of Audible that we were having trouble agreeing on a book to recommend. So, um... <laughs> Dude! So- so what no no <laughs> no no, no. Th- well i don't Georgia want to say is better things dune. dune
3: it's funny because i also downloaded dune the audiobook of dune and the audiobook That's is good. very good but i am not a fan of the book itself but yeah. you know no, it's very that famous so fear, if you want fear to is the mind
2: killer
0: well there mm-hmm. is a book that we've talked about on this show <laughs> that i think that our listeners would would love which is console wars
3: oh it's on Blake harris
0: yeah it's on auto that's how i listen to it oh it's really good it's really good yeah
3: i'm gonna get it this is not a a bit i'm literally going to download it (laughs)
0: um so console wars is a book by blake harris i believe is the author and it is the story of the genesis super nintendo uh war back in the 90s and it is it's it's an, amazingly, I mean, it's a thrill a minute. It's written more in a, a, thrill in a, a narrative. Minute.
3: Thrill a <laughs> 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 <of> minute.
0: Steve, <laughs> Steve
2: book, man, when you can book, Steve quote. can sell anything. Console Wars. Thrill a minute. This is a
0: book that that, Bri, that I know Brie is a fan of because Nintendo is the villain in the book.
2: What? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that Brie said it was a
3: thrill a minute. So, yeah, I don't remember anybody saying like, it was a thrill like a minute.
2: This is like, John Cl- like some Clancy John, But we have brought
3: novel. up Console Wars. We brought Wars. up this book before. i feel it's getting to the point where i'm feeling guilty that i haven't read it because of how often you and Bree have brought it up on this show it's like it is the extended reading book report for your weekly isometric show listening you have to read console wars apparently so yeah now you can
0: yeah it's fantastic and it's uh it's on audible and if you if you I mean, we've brought it up a a few times on this show, and if you have any interest in the stuff that we talk about, Console Wars will be a fantastic listen for you after you're done listening to uh, us, of course. Of course. But – so that's something that you can get. I don't know, Bree, if you have anything you want to add to that or –
1: I have I have been an Audible member since the the late 90s. And they had this deal back then where you could I think it was $30 a month and you would get 5 books a month. Yeah, I held that deal for so long because it <laughs> lost the money and because of that, I have like, and they tried to grandfather me out and Audible would call Brie, me and say, like, We single handedly tried this? to
2: put Audible under.
1: <laughs> and like, because I've been buying like five books a month from Audible since like the 90s, I have a, a library of thousands of books at this point because even then I will still go and buy more audiobooks because I I, I listen as I develop and do three D and Yeah. It's a nice yeah I work out all the time. So yeah. like um I, I just think it's fantastic. I'm listening to Gone Girl right now, which is oh, amazing. Cool. So I was
3: listening to the Game of Thrones. I would listen to it as yeah. I read because I'm geeky. That was yeah. how I read Game of Thrones was listening, which is how I can pedantically correct everybody else's pronunciation of the names before <laughs> the TV show even happened. And then the TV show <laughs> happened and it was ruined for me. But you have but, increased yeah. your geek creds. <laughs> yeah, I read Game of Thrones before it was cool. Anyway, huh. thanks, Audible.
0: Yeah, you... I mean, with my three hours in the <laughs> car every day, I mean, I've gotten a lot of use out of my Audible subscription too. And Audible is fantastic. So it's... Uh, There's 150,000 titles to choose from, fiction, nonfiction, bestsellers, pretty much anything you can think of is probably on Audible. They've got apps for iPhone and iPad, Android, Windows phone. Um, You can download to your iOS device or pretty much anything that can play audio you can download at Audible to and listen wherever you are. And you own everything that you get through Audible. It's not a rental or streaming service. Um, you can you can even stream stuff to your phone, get your library wherever you are. And if you have a Kindle or if you read on the Kindle app, you can actually sync back and forth. My wife does that all the time. She'll buy the Kindle app and she'll buy the Kindle book and she'll buy the Audible book. She'll listen to it in a car and then she'll pick up where she left off on the Kindle and she loves it. There's The app has chapter navigation, uh, bookmarks, sleep mode. L- l- it's just fantastic. So you can go and uh, get a free audio book of your choice in a 30-day trial membership by going to audiblepodcast.com uh, slash isometric and choose from over 150,000 titles. Uh, download a title free and start listening. And uh, so just get started today and support the show by, by visiting uh, audiblepodcast.com slash isometric. And thank you to Audible for supporting 5x5 and isometric. So anyway, so this is the part of the show where we talk about what we're playing. So, Andrea, I don't, I don't know if you uh, have anything that you want to talk about, but you're our guest, so you're welcome to go first if you have anything you'd like to talk about.
4: Oh, I thank you. So I'm playing um, a couple different things, but the thing I'm spending the most amount of time with um, in the, the last couple of days has been the Dark Below expansion for Destiny. So I have a bunch of mixed feelings about Destiny as a game as at whole. Like I really want wanted this to be game of the year. I was really excited about it. Bungie has this amazing legacy. They have the publishing power of Activision behind them. I was like, this could be, like, a really fantastic game. Clearly it fell short in the narrative department, and I think that they didn't really deliver on the experience they were promising. But, in spite of that, I can't stop playing this game. Really? (laughs) Um, I'm just really addicted to it. It's such a fun cooperative experience. Um, my boyfriend and I play together. We play with friends online. We have side by side televisions and we do strikes together. Whoa! And like, wow. like the 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 shooting mechanics are just so solid. Bungie just really polished it to a point where it's just a really like well executed game. It's just missing a deeper richer backstory and a deeper gameplay experience and i know they were trying to go for more of like an mmo type of an experience but i mean the grinding that you have to do is just so tedious having to do the same story missions over and over and over again and every time you play them you're you are reminded of how terrible of a job peter tinklage did with the vo i'm just like oh i (laughs) love and i love him as an actor i think he's so talented i was so disappointed about how bad he did and and it wasn't just his. It wasn't just his fault. Obviously, the scripting wasn't that great, and, and the director, the voice director, probably should have given him better direction. I mean, there's a lot of things that can be attributed. But I'm playing a lot of Destiny, but I want to give some props um, to Kingdom Rush Origins. One of my favorite iOS games ever was Kingdom Rush. Loved Kingdom Rush Frontiers, and they put out a third game, Kingdom Rush Origins. If you guys like tower defense and you need something to play on your phone. Or on your tablet for when you're on the go. On the go, Kingdom Rush Origins is is really fantastic. Oh, good.
0: So it's good because I've got the first two and I love them, and I haven't gotten around to the third one yet.
4: Oh yes, it's it's great. I mean, I, my my only problem with that game is that they charge an arm and a leg to buy new heroes, and that's something that inherently in the mobile space is is really tricky because, you know, we're kind of on edge about this whole freemium movement that's happening, like getting a game for free and having all these built-in microtransactions. Yes. Which, you know, like, I don't inherently have a problem with because I've, I've spent upwards of $50 in um, Kingdoms of Middle Earth from Kabam. So, like, I was obsessed with that game for a period of time. So I've spent a lot of money in freemium games. But I have a problem with a game where you have to buy the base game and then they block off all of this content behind another paywall. That, to me, is something that I inherently have an issue with. But I pay for it because the gameplay experience is so solid and I put so many hours into it. And uh, it's such a fun game that I don't mind paying.
1: Hmm. I like that game. I think it's really well done. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. looks beautiful, yeah. Um, can I interrupt the, uh, the what-are-we-playing segment for uh, an announcement? Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you go to thrillaminute.org, uh, okay. you'll <laughs> see that now redirects to Steve's Twitter. So that's a real thing that I just want. Three, thrillaminute.org? Thrillaminute.org. Awesome. And I that should be our, our show title.
2: Thrillaminute.org. Oh uh, I'm doing that now. <laughs> Wait a second. That is...
0: You're, you're very fast. That is, is brilliant. Perfect.
2: Wow. It looks – look at your setup. It's
3: beautiful. Look at this.
0: <laughs> what do you mean wow, my setup? Look at Steve's
3: profile. He's it's really beautiful. decked it out. Look it is that. thrill a minute, I would say. <laughs> I feel, That's what I I feel say
2: thrilled. Wow. I feel thrilled. That was only a minute. I've gotten already one thrill. <laughs>
0: I, I feel. I feel like that's really going to be disappointing people if you're if you know my Twitter is not thrilling. Well, at Steve, maybe pressure.
3: you should step up your game. Oh, I like that, Maddie. That's true. You've got She's three got days before three the show days. comes out. No, people are listening right now live, and they're looking well, at my Steve, Twitter and being very Steve, disappointed right now. Do something thrilling.
1: There again, yeah, yeah, you I just could tweeted. like send out a
3: tweet <laughs> yeah, of the king of all Cosmos' crotch or something. Oh, I mean, nobody knows. <laughs> you know, you could do anything. I'll
0: just an- I'll just announce uh, our, I'll new, our new our uh, new mini series starring Georgia as a serial killer and uh... right,
3: right. That's <laughs> I would watch that <laughs> obsessively. That would be my favorite show. Is
1: that what you were doing in that tunnel where we did the Photoshop Georgia contest? But you were just <laughs> yeah, Georgia leaning was- up against the wall with an <laughs> iPad. <laughs> Just like she looking was nonchalant. Mapping out. <laughs> her escape route. Brie,
2: Waiting for someone to come by. One lone panda.
0: Bree, what are you playing other than other than the domain registration game?
1: So Just <laughs> so, playing thrill a minute. <laughs> so I had an adventure this week. I had an adventure. Uh, you know, so our dog Crash died recently, and um so Our family has not felt whole, and um, Mm. so I took the initiative and I found a dog. Like, we were looking through photos of dogs online that needed homes. And we saw this puppy, and Frank and I just fell in love with the puppy instantly, puppy. just instantly. He was so adorable. He's half, half Bichon and half uh, Havanese. And he has like this one brown ear and this giant smile on his face. I just completely fell in love with him. So we decided, but the only trick was he was in Indiana, which is in the middle of nowhere. So we got in the car and spent 38 hours driving over all day Sunday, all day Monday, all day Tuesday. And we got back at three in the morning. And, but we have a puppy now. So, but that is to say. I made Frank do most of the driving and played games the whole time. So, of course you did. So I got very far into Pokemon, um, and I have a question for you, Steve. Okay. You told me that that game <laughs> had innovation later, and it doesn't. I said <laughs> I said what
0: I'd read okay. is that it had a very deep end game. I hadn't gotten there yet. Oh, an
1: end game. Okay, I'm not quite there yet. So <laughs> did you? Beat you only GLE have four? to b- play for another fifty hours, yeah. and
0: then you'll finally right. get to the good part. <laughs> I, I haven't just... gotten there. I haven't even gotten close because I've been getting distracted with other with other things. But I've what I've heard is that after you beat the League Four, the end game is is very expansive. But I don't know that there's innovation there. I but I, I
1: yeah. yeah um I I've just beat all the gym leaders and yeah uh, you know, I'm about to go to the end of the game. I guess why have this? I've never beaten a Pokemon, which is why like I'm I'm trying to do this now. But I got, like, all the way through Pokemon X and right up till the end of it, and then I lost my Nintendo 3DS at PAX. And I have to say, like, the story of Pokemon X wasn't great, but it is freaking Shakespeare compared to the the simplistic... Unacceptable level of quality yeah. writing of Pokemon, you know, Alpha Sapphire. And it's just, it's, it's horrible. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's.
0: They had a lot lower standards when this game was originally written. Well, it's not good,
1: yeah. uh, uh. and but I'm still playing it. So. But you
0: still got your Pokemon, so it's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, there's something when you're like driving across the country and you're trying to like connect your cell phone to your 3DS so you can like upload <laughs> to your Pokemon Bank and get out the right like new level Pokemon to go with your badges. You're like crushing through the game with your underground Pokemon you bought like like through Pokemon trafficking like on eBay. So uh yeah. So I did a lot of that. Also Georgia, uh I'm very upset with you this week <gasps> because you you suggested like when we were recording Isometric three weeks ago, you're like, oh well Candy Crush Soda Crush is a good game. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, fine. Fine, Sorry. fine. I've never played a Candy Crush. I wanna study what this is. <laughs> Um, just so I know it. And I didn't get any freaking hardcore gaming done because I'm sitting there playing Candy Crush. Uh... And that game is diabolical. Diabolical. It's so bad. It is diabolical <laughs> with the structure. It's so true. Oh, it's so – like when you fail a puzzle like six times in a row and then you beat it and then yeah. you just need yeah. to crush like one thing and you're like – Oh, I hate that. Well, I'll pay $5. <laughs> no. No. And it's Don't go to evil. the dark side. It's yeah. I'm stuck.
2: I'm stuck on level 130 oh. and I've been stuck on level 130 now for, for two weeks. Oh, or or like, God. let's maybe one a week and a few days. So I, I have would not throw level my phone
0: in the toilet at that point. Like that would be the end of it.
2: <laughs> you'd punish. You'd punish the phone for Cany yes, press Soda's phone, bad. The phone
0: would be punished for allowing itself to install that that app on my phone. I'm if, sorry, Bree.
2: I'm sorry.
0: Uh. You're a terrible person.
1: <laughs> 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 uh. oh. 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 Yeah. So that's what I've been playing. All right. Yeah. So so Georgia, what have you been playing this week? So
2: I haven't I haven't really gotten time to play. I've I actually have been trying to pass level one thirty on Candy Crush Soda and and Mordor has like a new level where you're like Beastmaster mode, like you get to like play like Caragors, there's new the level. Lord I of have the not, Hunt DLC. Yeah, I have not gotten to actually play it yet. I'm so very sad. Um but it was really funny and I thought of all of you today because I did my I just taped my top five like stuff for geeks uh, holiday list. Uh, for Imore. And so one of them was I did the X arcade and how to make your own like Mame and ar- arcade and what kind of like if you want to get the joysticks that I have. And so for it, I'm playing um, the first Street Fighter arcade mode and I'm playing it on the stupid joystick and I'm playing Ryu, and I cannot get him to shoot out a fireball to save my life. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, you guys are going to watch this video and I'm. I'm being slaughtered. Like, slaughtered. I couldn't shoot anything. I'm getting owned. And I'm actually told in the middle, stop, they're going to see it. And then I'm going to be, like, just harassed because it was so... So bad. So, what
3: happened? Did I, you like I have, have you not play the octogate? Which one do you prefer? Do you not I, have the right
2: gate in? I don't have the right gate in it for it. I actually have just the circular set, so it doesn't actually let me know when I'm hitting the right movements. But I usually play on, um, uh, my my Xbox controller when I play the game because okay. you can also hook so you're those up.
3: Completely out of practice with this, and I didn't in. know which buttons, and it
2: was just And, so and also Georgia.
0: You you can't sneak up on the people in Street Fighter.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were not very There's nice no to nemesis me. Nemesis
3: system. It's completely no, different. There
2: really it's... wasn't. There really wasn't. So I just thought you guys would would. Uh, yeah, be slightly no. humiliated at me being part of no all
0: this way. because it was I so bad.
3: bad. <laughs> I, the,
0: I can You, you should have seen me trying to play against against Brie in in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom three. It was, was equally trying, embarrassing m-
3: playing that. I was like trying to remember how to play it on a controller instead of on a stick, and I could remember only like half the moves. I it was really hard. It transitioning is not good.
2: Yeah, thank <laughs> you for trying to make me feel better. Rob though, <laughs> Rob is in the video. I'm just gonna say he gets a little Aww. special feature for my little Rob.
0: Rob didn't beat you in Street Fighter, did he? He Yeah,
2: you're playing Rob, right? (laughs) You know what? If he was playing me doing nothing, he would have won in comparison to how poorly I was doing. But, you know, that's it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, Maddie, what are you playing this week?
3: Um, I've been playing Fantasy Life, which is a game that I foresee taking over my life because I'm very shortly going to be taking a plane ride to Arkansas, and this game is huge. Do you guys know anything about this? I've been looking it is...
0: at it for my for my daughter because oh i my thought it God, might be something she bit more than a little
3: bit of a little bit of a little really, really of a so This is of a little bit of a little bit of the year bit of a of the year, game of the year for her. So, and like... Huh. The the ladies at Justice Points like this game. I think both of them do. And so I was like, okay, so people I like like this game. It's probably pretty darn good. So I, I finally got it. And I've been trying – I haven't played as much of it as I would like to, but I have played enough to be like, this is incredibly good. And the thing about it that works for me personally is that rather than just being a grindy RPG where nothing ever changes and you just have to keep repeating the same stuff over and over, Fantasy Life has this class-changing system where you can just keep choosing different lives. They call them lives in the game. And everybody refers to them that way and you just kind of get used to that and be like, oh, I'm choosing a different life for a while. And and then you just become a seamstress for a little bit and you try that. And then if you get bored with that, then you can just go be a paladin for a bit or you can go mine in the mines. You, you just go do something else. And there are quests for every single class and you can do all of them if you want to be a super-duper completionist. And um, the other thing, it's, it's just – it's really – cute and funny and well-written and like i i i'm just so charmed by it and i i, I get so depressed this time of year because it's winter and i just everything's so dark and cold and yeah ugh, i have to it's explain to my family year. that i still work in the games industry <laughs> and, like, and it's Do like such a downer in every year it. um and so like i always need something uplifting and you have to um, say how you're on this like amazingly hit show and with yeah. like fabulous yeah. people and rob the robot and stuff I'll tell them all about Rob the Robot, absolutely.
0: Then they're going to listen to this and they're going to find out you're on a show with a, sh- with a serial killer. And you <laughs> They're going to <know>,
3: understand <laughs> every single word. They're going to be like, finally, Maddie, we understand what a video game is. It's going to be great. This is the year, guys. Anyway, um, so in order to combat that feeling, this game is joyful and just so great. And you can play as a lady character or a guy character and there's like all these different body types and skin tones and hairstyles. And it's just like... Anything you could want, it's like a dream game for me. I I really really am enjoying it.
1: Yeah, awesome. It, it looks okay. awesome. It's and really you fun. It just cost Bri. me fifty dollars. Fifty dollars? It's gotta pricey. be cheaper than that in the e shop.
3: I think it's forty dollars. Is there like a ten dollar expansion there or something?
1: Uh, it's fifty dollars on Amazon. I'll look at it on the e shop.
3: Oh, yeah. Okay, I yeah. I'd say get in the eShop because then you can save 10 bucks. Unless you really want the physical copy. No, no, reason. no.
1: That's why I bought a huge SD card.
3: Mm, yeah. Cool. So, Steve, what are you playing?
1: So, I got my Vita.
0: Oh, so, awesome.
1: So, I
0: have played a little bit of Danganronpa. Yes! I, I have not played enough of it to talk about it intelligently it's, yet. I'm it's still coming in the on the prologue. OS,
1: isn't it? No, no, no. That's a card um, game. That's a card yeah. game. So, so I will say I, I haven't played it
0: to the point where I've actually gotten to do anything yet. Um, I don't hate it. So that's, you know, that's a plus. I, I think I like the story of what I've read with it so far. I think that I'm going to have trouble a little bit because I this is clearly a game that I can't play until the kids are in bed. Because I really? I would love to see my daughter. Oh, daddy, what are you playing? Oh, what is this murder teddy bear doing?
3: Uh, <laughs> he looks but, so cute daddy can yeah. i have this game yeah so
0: no <laughs> oh, daddy i want to see so uh but i i mean for what i've seen of the story it's intriguing me enough that i want to keep playing it so i i am i'm gonna play it some more before our game of the year show and i'll let you know at that point but i'm so far i'm liking it. i'm just my problem is that by the time that i'm able to play it at night my reading comprehension isn't the greatest uh so that might be a problem with being able to finish it <laughs> but I turned everything down to as easy as it'll go. So we'll, we'll see how it's all about
1: the story. It's okay. I'm going to have to pull a Georgia now. Wait. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) I love this song. When you're playing it, like the soundtrack is so great. I'm going to start to beatbox. Be careful. You should do that. You should I mean, right how how far are you into it?
0: I I literally have not gotten past the prologue or where I get to do it. Oh. I, got, I got well, so what happened is I got it. I unwrapped it Tuesday. Okay. I set it up Tuesday and I couldn't figure out where the cartridge went on Tuesday. So what? I didn't fi- so you didn't know where I, to stick your cartridge cuz well, cuz what, what happened was I put in the memory card and for whatever reason I thought the memory card was the same slot that the cartridge went in, so I thought I had to do everything with the memory card first. So I didn't get to actually play it until Wednesday. So I played it for like an hour, and then I—that's as far as I got. And then <laughs> I, sorry, I was starting I'm still to get giggling sleepy.
3: about you not <laughs> the cartridge.
1: Yeah, did you consider googling it? Like. <laughs> I just, okay. there's a huge thing I have a Venus that's on the top of it memory card like I'm not a played yeah, person yeah, okay yeah. <laughs> guys I don't know if Steve's a gamer
3: I, I mean I'm a fake
0: gamer boy I'm okay with that <laughs> okay. so anyway so I played a little bit I'm gonna play more of it more of it this weekend and I'll let you know at All some right. point what I think of it but I, so far I'm I'm intrigued enough to keep up with it and I don't Ooh. immediately hate it so that's that's, that's good. a good sign Um. so I also spent a lot of time with the girls playing Captain Toad oh my god I wanna oh, play that, that? Good? It's okay. Um, I okay. don't love it as much as some people do. I know that there are some people who really, really love this game, and I'm okay with it. Uh, the game is basically like, there in Super Mario 3D World, there were some, some bonus levels where Captain Toad...
4: Hey, Super Mario?
0: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no.
4: <laughs> oh, no. Andrea, oh, no. go for it. Go. Andrea, Here go for go. it. Go. No. You know his name is Super Mario.
0: I, I'm doubling right. down on Mario at this no. point. No. It's a thing.
3: I can't no. tell I if do you the same know thing. that this is a long-running joke on this show <laughs> or if you don't know. I hope you don't know. <laughs>
2: I, I think she just called him out on. I think I do the same thing though, Bill. Awesome. I, let's just I aim love for... that
3: every guest who's come on this show has been confused by Steve's pronunciation of Mario. <laughs> it's Mario. By
0: I love the way. that I almost got you to do it though.
3: Mario. Well, I jokingly call
4: also him Mario all the time. Mario, so. and I give him hell for it every time he does it too.
3: Good. Good. We should <laughs> just have a segment on the show that's like Mario, Mario. When do we yeah. do the Steve roast? I mean every show, every right? Yeah, okay. I mean, that's Sorry. pretty much every okay. week
0: since Sorry. like for the past like six months. We're yeah. so
2: happy to have you on. Because <laughs> <do that too.
3: laughs> it's usually just, I'm, I'm just I don't know. Georgia, yeah.
0: with you and roast, I'm getting a little bit worried. But you know, <laughs> so, it'll just
3: be a pot roast. It'll be like the thing you least expect with Georgia.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so there are these bonus levels in in 3D World where uh, where Captain Toad is running around and collecting treasure. So that's kind of like an this is like an expansion of that into a full game, and it's it's cute. I've it's it kind of gets old after a little while, though. I mean, it's the whole thing is that you're you're kind of walking around and you turn the stage around in 3D to try to see where where he has to walk around, and I mean the puzzles aren't really all that difficult and the thing that bothered me they they make up for it later on but there's two things about the game that really bother me one is what one of them is that todette is a playable character but she gets abducted by a bird at the very beginning of the of the game and you have to play through the whole first section yeah yeah as yeah Captain but there's Toad. something
1: something happens that makes that okay from from a feminist point of view so okay yeah
0: are you are, are you saying t- are you saying something you don't want to spoil or are you I, you could spoil Toad's I, I, so so I, yeah. I okay <laughs> yeah I'm like
3: is this right. like gonna be a really plot was heavy a cliffhanger game? <laughs> yeah
1: so eventually uh, you know Cody okay gets, I, I gets will rescued. spoil I will spoil I will spoil <laughs> the game because at first I was like oh I can't believe they did that I'm so upset. And then, um, like, what happens is that does happen. Toadette gets kidnapped. But then you get to the next chapter, and then Toad gets kidnapped, and then yeah. Toadette has to go save him. So from so, a feminist um, yeah. point of
0: view, that's okay. From a having, from a having yeah. daughters who want to play as the girl from the beginning of the game perspective,
1: it's not okay. I, I'm used to, to compromise on the subject, Steve. I'll no, take, I know. I, 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 I played through Shadows of Mordor and, yeah, you know, no, I know, like with that weird compromise of the skin. So, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's having to listen to, well, why can't I play as the girl? Hey, right. You don't right. have to sell me on that. I mean. I know. Yeah. So
0: the other thing that I don't like about it is that you have to. So it's this thing that they've done in these games for a long time and they need to stop. Which is that you have to collect a certain number of the diamonds that are that are scattered throughout the world in order to progress. So it's this artificial lengthening mechanic where you have to go back to the to the levels you've already beaten and go like scour them in order to fit, be you know hit a gate and then be able to progress through the gate. So I'm not. I mean, it's it's not terrible. I mean, the game's not that hard, but it's just annoying when you just want to play through the game and then you have to go back and. And play through levels that you've already played because you weren't you know careful enough the first time around, especially mm-hmm. with when you're when you're playing with kids who are not trained to play that way and they're just trying to get through the level and then you have to explain to them why you're going back through levels that they've already beaten because they didn't beat them well enough so but it's a cute game i mean it's it's okay, I know there's some people who love it i'm it's perfectly fine i'm not it's not my favorite game though so
1: wow, yeah. I don't know. It just—it seems cute. like very—it's adorable.
0: It—it it is absolutely adorable. But it's, I, it's
1: just, like, yeah. Sometimes I just want to stop murdering orcs, and I just <laughs> want to like not and not feel dead inside. Yeah. You know? Just sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's just—it's—it's it's okay. It's not you know. It's not my favorite game. That's all.
2: Cool.
0: But it's perfectly fine if if you like those levels in in Mario Three D World, then you know. <laughs> It, it's that was it. it's for you, Andrew. He doesn't out.
2: do that for us. Just yeah, so you know. I won't do that for them, Definitely, Andrew, for... But I'll do that for you. Yeah, no. Thank you.
0: All right. So, Andrew, where can uh, where can people find uh, more of you if they want to find out about you online?
4: Well, the easiest place is to follow me on Twitter, at Andrea Renee. Um, I also host a daily news show for Game Trailers on GameTrailers.com or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash GT That's the name of my show. I also do several other shows for them. Um, if you go into any GameStop in the United States, you'll see me on television in GameStop as well, even though that's very much, you know, it's not really opinionated pieces. Those are very much just like, hey, this is this thing about this game. You should buy it. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, Twitter is the best place I would say to follow what I do on a day-to-day basis.
1: (laughs) You don't go to GameStop and just hang out there to see you. You know what's interesting
4: about my work at GameStop? P.S. I love the team at GameStop. They are all really fantastic people. I've had nothing but positive experiences um, meeting GameStop managers and the people who work at GameStop, you know, um, headquarters and everyone I've ever worked with there has been wonderful. So I have to give them a big thank you for allowing me to be part of their awesome team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that um, I've been to so many GameStops in the last couple of months because so, I, I recently moved. And so I've been trading in games to get store credit and things like that. And Nobody ever says anything about me being on the show. You should
2: so stand right next to the TV where it's projecting or wherever it is. Stand right next to there and see if anyone says anything.
0: You should actually just say what you're saying on the television at the same time. You should
2: say, that girl, I think she has issues. And then wait till they look at you and look at the TV and then look back at you really slowly.
4: Funny about you saying that is that one there was one time when um John and I were in New York and we went into the GameStop in uh Times Square. The girl and John was making a joke about what I was wearing in the video on TV and I was like, Oh ha, whatever. And the girl behind the counter was like, Oh yeah, she, she's just the new girl. And I was like, Oh.
1: <laughs> Whoa.
4: I was like, wow. Oh well, that's that's me. And she was <laughs> Did like, Did you say no, that? Oh, I love it. I love it that you did that. Aww. That's so great. And she was like, that's definitely not you. And I was like, no, really? Like, that's that's me. And, like, the, her <laughs> coworker comes over and is like, yo, like, that's totally her. And she's like, I don't believe you. I don't think that that's you. Like, deadpan. Oh, like, my God. Totally wow. She's like, she's like, pull out your your, your, your ID. <laughs> Seriously, so she- I showed her a photo with of me with my co-host, Chris, on set and was like, she Is thought you were proof enough for you. She,
3: she thought that was cosplay she was probably just so embarrassed at that point that she was just, like, her brain was
1: shutting down. She was like, this can't be real!
3: That's not you! I'm not me! None of this is happening!
1: To be fair, I've worked (laughs) at, like, my first job out of college when I was looking for, you know, like, a job in development, Uh, I worked at GameStop, and that job will suck your soul away so hard. (laughs) Yeah, you lose all facial recognition skills. (laughs) How pity, like, you have people streaming it all day long, asking you the worst questions out ever um yeah yeah um i did not like that job very much (laughs) so yeah that's funny oh and uh, oh oh can i can i plug your site like i did not i wasn't super familiar with game trailers until like you guys reviewed rev 60 and like your review of our it was one of the very best like you know when we're when we're you know, doing stuff with press, like I always put that really high up. Uh, in the like, check out this review of it. But the site itself, like I started going there and visiting it after you guys did that. It's a really, really quality site, and I think you should just be Why, really you. proud to be to be a part of that.
4: I am absolutely. The team at Game Trailers are super talented, and they are really knowledgeable and really hardworking. And I'm very honored to be part of their team and. You know, it's rare that you get to find a site that's so focused on video production and doing it at such a high level. And they're just all really great people at the end of the day. Not only are they talented, but they're really fun, awesome people to hang around and to play video games with. So I'm definitely really excited to be part of the team and looking forward to what we're going to do in 2015.
0: Cool. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, so, Maddie, do you have a do you have a Twitter PokeRap rap for us? Uh, I
3: do. Okay, I guys, I'm never doing this again.
1: <laughs> wait, wait, what's about oh, to happen? So, on? last week, uh, oh, it was suggested so that we take the
0: people who have tweeted about the show, and Maddie would compose a pokey rap containing their their username. So, Maddie is a a, a woman of her word.
3: I did it. <laughs> okay, guys, this is gonna be really, really boring, and I'm uh, sorry, but a lot of people tweeted at us this week, and I have put them all in rhyming order. When or you like get this. bored, wha- just, just Walk away? what just just shout, just just start what? shouting. I guess I don't know. At random
0: I don't know. people as you listen to the show, oh, you can just do the first verse, and then we'll you know we can. I honestly, like, I am
3: embarrassed to admit how much time I spent on this because it's not actually that good.
1: So I'll stop the, okay. doing that.
3: I bet it's awesome. Go for it. Oh, oh God. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm just. I'm I can just feel trying. the anxiety.
3: I'm like trying to psych myself up. <laughs> this is like something I'm actually doing. This is real. <laughs> this is my life, and this will be out there forever. I and know. Awesome. I'm putting this on the internet for some reason. Do you don't, know how many
0: pictures it. there are of me wearing panda suits, Maddie? Oh, that's
3: true. Steve, Amazing. That's true. <laughs> okay. No, that's <laughs> actually like, a pretty God. good point. Steve makes a really great point. <laughs> Okay, okay, here we go, guys. All right. Mud Bunny seventy four, Lude Mar- <laughs> the Super Suds, Adby Mice, G, Livio Delacruz, Badassburger, That Rogue Guy, Ben Wisher, Angelus K, One, Matt Wilcox, Clay, Charles MainPA, PA, Level twenty seven, Escape Steel Paladin, Dinishar, Johnny, Steven, Ivy, USM, Ray Turner nine oh one, Beam slash X, Charles A Tan, Jv Goot, John Smock, DJ Philip Tan, Molly Kim twenty ninety nine, Skite, Jason Weeks, Head and Wick. I don't know. <laughs> Loma Fae. P. Pete Champness. Tane 1982. Robert G. thought Thoughtbot Tom. Ali Ali Ali. Barana Teacup. David Norhart. Were Rogue. M. Canep. Prath. Brink. Water Toad. Woo! Yeah.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: <laughs> That's pretty
3: impressive. That's
0: great. <laughs> so... I, I won't say that if you tweet if you tweet about the show that that will ever happen again. It won't. But, but I can one hundred
3: percent guarantee that that will never happen. I think again. it's awesome that
2: you
0: did. Why?
3: It. That's because so cool. it was too hard. <laughs>
0: But thank you, thank you for tweeting about the show, wow. and do keep doing it. It's and we so will say great. we will thank you at on future shows, not necessarily as part of a poke rap. But thank you so Never much. Never
1: again as part <laughs> of a poke rap, Maddie. That was that was impressive. No, it I wasn't. loved it. That, no, that I really loved was it. impressive. That was fabulous, and that was fun. the best moment of this show.
2: Well, that should go on our,
3: our end of the year. Maybe. I don't know, guys. <laughs> okay. You know what? Can I just say? Everybody should go listen to the actual Poke Rap because, first yes. of all, it's a lot better than what I just did. And second of all, can it's you stop hilarious. stop that? And Your thing was great. just awesome. Listen Fun, to this. But the real Download poke it rap now holds up and it's really funny and great. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> now my life is over. <laughs> this is it. This is the culmination.
1: Uh, so <laughs> wait, wait. I- wait, wait. I have information. I have vital information. Go to PokeRapper.com Oh my god!
2: <laughs> I'm going there now. Oh
0: I'm going. There. You need to save this for when one of these domain <laughs> registration sites is, is sponsoring rapper. the show. Yeah. Yes. Is there two p's. Yes. Yeah. Two of, ps.
2: Course. <laughs> has of course. Sorry. two ps in it.
0: But or leave of off it. the last s for savings.
2: Okay. Otherwise, it would there be we Poke go. A rapper, there you are, Maddie.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
2: There I am. Oh, dyslexia, right. it's not my fault.
0: Anyway, so you can uh, also rate and review the show on iTunes, and we really appreciate that. And uh, maybe we'll get Maddie to poke your some of the reviews later on. No that's, not, no, that's not happening.
3: You have to freaking <laughs> beg me. If people want that to ever happen again, they can Maddie. get Audible subscriptions
1: or something, okay? <laughs> you guys know what you have to do. Support the show. Money talks. Support the show. Yeah. I can't believe PokeRapper.com was available. I was really surprised by I can't that.
3: believe that uh, it was. <laughs> that's brilliant.
1: That's brilliant. Uh, can, so... Oh, wait, Maddie, are you going to be at Arisha this year? Yeah. When we do panels together, can I announce you as the PokeRapper? <laughs> yeah, I love obviously. that. Can we do Amazing. that? Can we do that? Yeah, that's my name now. Can I get you a t-shirt that says rapper? <laughs> the rapper. Why would I say no
2: to any of this? You should not say no to any of that. That sounds awesome.
0: Uh uh, so you can visit the show notes for the show and every show at five by five dot TV slash isometric or at show dot com. You can send us uh, feedback via email to feedback at isometric show dot com. And you can follow more of this nonsense on Twitter. Wait,
2: but wait, but wait, Steve,
3: Steve. Yes. What about what about me?
0: What about yeah, you?
3: where does Georgia on Twitter... I haven't, do- blah, I haven't blah, done. Blah. I don't want to end up on oh. some
1: government watch list. But, like, <laughs> I guess none brain.
3: of us have. No, no, no. None oh, of oh, us on our me, Twitter handles Oh, you mean free, free, has Brie regi- registered a, uh, a no. domain for you? <laughs> no, no, want. It should I be Canadian say- Dexter. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's so bad. They're gonna, they're gonna, people are going to look me up for
1: therapy and they're going to find Canadian <laughs> Dexter. <laughs> It's not how it works. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to do anything like that that would embarrass you professionally, Georgia. Of not. <laughs> oh, I, oh my God!
2: I had a special. I had a special thanks to a Flump. I don't know if I'm saying that right. He um, he was the person that was the uh, Mario Coin complainer. <laughs> That's what he called himself. And so this is this is just for. And he says he didn't actually mind it as much. And so this is for a Flump on Twitter that was just for you <laughs> there we go
0: was that a so, mario coin or a mario coin
2: it, it was a it was a, a mario, a mario coin. coin because it's for steve
0: uh, there we go all right so you can follow this nonsense on twitter the show's account is uh at isometric show uh i am at wicked good brie where can people find you
1: uh domain name registration <laughs> just out and where were those domain
0: registrations lead brie
1: uh, to Space Cat. Yeah, I've got a To cool Nowhere uh, good. Space Cat Gal on Twitter. Which and is Maddie, a, where can people very, find you? Very exciting. Twitter. Other than pokerapper.com. I
3: am at pokerapper.com, which will redirect you to my Twitter account, which is Samus Clone.
0: And Georgia, where can people find you? <laughs>
3: they can find me at Georgia underscore Dow
0: So thank you, as always, for listening, and we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Yeah, back.